Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, a CBS Sports podcast emergency edition here, as expected, about the head coaching position at West Virginia University. Chris Anderson, perhaps not as expected. Neil Brown will be back in 2023. That is announced on the day that his new boss is hired, Ren Baker for North Texas. I don't know where to begin, so let me just give you the floor while I try to put my thoughts together here. Uh, it's been a wild kind, of, like, wild kind of day, and this is, I think, for, I don't know, what is it? I can't remember when that podcast was. It was after one of the games several weeks ago. I said the back and forth, the heat in the hall, and the not making a decision was going to be the downfall of, of this whole situation. And it made things difficult. It made things very difficult. I've rehashed that enough. But this right here is, I mean, I've been calling for them to go all in one way or another. Do it. Like, you can't do the half, the half-ass thing. You have to go all in one way or another. And with today's news, hired an athletic director. The athletic director, at least according to what we're hearing, reading, is part was part of this decision to keep Neil Brown. And Neil Brown's coming back. That is, you know, Bang, 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 done, all in. This is what's going on for next season. So kudos to them, I guess, for for you know making a move and sticking to it right now. All right, how about some full disclosure time? Are you ready? Yeah. We're doing this before the news is officially out. Um, so we might actually get the breaking news in our hands. So there might be some answers that come out that we do not yet have. If there is a statement from Rem Baker, it might lay out expectations. The press release may have amended contract details. It may have staff decisions. I do not know. Let's talk about those variables, though, Chris. Okay. Um, the new athletic director is not going to say, this was not my call, but I did agree to do the job. So in perpetuity, we will probably wonder how much of this was pushed upon him, how much of this was his idea, how much of this was his cooperation. Don't know. We'll never know that for certain. Unless he tells us, which again, that'd be interesting. But also, it's very reasonable for the university and even the new athletic director to say, you can come back. You cannot keep the same company around you. West Virginia has two assistant coaches who are on expiring contracts, eight who are promised for at least next year. Uh, two, the coordinators, are promised for the following year. There's some money tied up in that for sure, but there's also some performance involved that maybe has not been up to par expectations in the present or the recent past, but more importantly, cannot be expected to be up to expectations that are needed in the future to keep the head coach in power. I just don't believe they're going to bring back everybody. I just don't. Um, I'm not batting a thousand on this, though. So who knows? The other one is is Neil Brown's contract, too. And this has been pushed to me a bunch that people have said, hey, what if they harbaugh him? Which I love if that's a verb. Um, can they sweeten Neil Brown's contract a little bit? Yeah, explain maybe... it to everybody so they know what we're talking about here. So you might amend his contract so that he is willing to lower the buyout in exchange for being able to remain the West Virginia coach. And again, to call that a Harbaugh, two years ago, he had his salary lopped in half. He became one of the lowest paid head coaches in the Big Ten. His buyout was shrunk. And then he turned around and had back-to-back fantastic seasons. 
Jim Harbaugh is Jim Harbaugh. Michigan is Michigan. You play a different game at that altitude. And he won. What What is the altitude that, that a Neil Brown or a West Virginia would seek to attain here? I don't know. And also, Jim Harbaugh had one year left on his contract. He got cut from about $8 million to about $4 million and also was a wealthy coach who had a nice NFL career. I'm not sure money was a concern for him. And he knew, he knew he was going to be very good next last year, which was next year at the time. Neil Brown has four years left on his contract. Um, he came from the group of five. He's making $4 million. Um, so you're not going to give him length. You're not going to give him some wealth that would make him feel better. You're not going to give him less money for his buyout if he were to take a job somewhere else, because that doesn't make any sense, because you're essentially trying to get rid of him. You're making it easier to fire him if you go in and say, we're going to amend your contract. This buyout you have is outrageous. I didn't agree to this, so my first order of business is to lower the gate. Make it easier for us to get rid of you. How do you make Brown say yes? Because Brown has to say yes. He doesn't have to. He's insubordinate. You can fire him. I dare you. This is what he could say. I dare you to fire me and see what happens now. You're going to have to pay me anyways, right? It just doesn't make sense. He has a years on his contract. He has a very high buyout for really for four years. It's 100, 100, 85%. Um, fourth year, he just gets paid. Obviously, his contract ends after the fourth year. It, logically, it doesn't make sense to me. Now, they may say, we cut your salary. Okay, that's punitive, I guess. And we'll give money to the pool of assistant coaches? Well, then you're just you're taking money from one pocket and putting it into the other. That doesn't make sense. I really flipped this around in my head for a while. There are likely people smarter than me involved in this and in charge of this who could probably explain it better than I can. I just don't see where the stick and the carrot lead you to a situation where he comes back with an amended contract. Well, and that was the problem with the extension. There, there is no yes. leverage. The only person that has the leverage is Neil Brown. And like you, like you said, what you said, I dare you to fire me. Go ahead, fire me and full contract for the next four years. Done. See ya. Thanks. And, and you know, he's getting paid the same no matter what. So he has zero incentive or very little incentive to accept any sort of amended contract. Again, if they can work something out, I mean, if West Virginia had leverage, you make it incentive laden. You make it so that, hey, you know, your base salary goes down, but if you win games, it goes up. It goes up, 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 up. And, you know, that's the only way it goes. But why would you do that? Why would you, if you were the head coach, spur the, you know, spurn the guarantee to take this gamble unless they made it so that the incentive laden winning season pays you a lot more than what you're already guaranteed. I just, I, sometimes I put myself in people's shoes, like what would I do? And it's a very hard thing because I don't know the position or the work or the consequences to come with it. A fourth and two when my season is on the line, for example, I just wouldn't know that or a fourth and inches in the first game of the season. It's hard to be in those shoes and be authoritative on stuff. So this is really hard for me to do. But I just can't imagine a scenario in which I'm Neil Brown or his agent. And I say, you know what? That's actually a good idea. They did blank to make it worth my while. They are doing this to fire me. But this is a nice consolation prize. This is a nice golden parachute. And I don't know what that blank is. We'll see. Rem Baker, evidently well-versed in in coaching searches, fundraising. He might need both. We'll see. But as a first act, Chris as a handshake to the fan base. I don't know where this is in the meter. This is um, 
probably not the top, probably not the bottom, right in the middle. And there's nothing wrong with that. You'd really like to be on the right foot going forward with your first like significant move. And by the way, this is day one in office. Does this qualify as winning the press conference if the press conference isn't until Monday? Yeah. By the way, did you notice when his date effective was? I did not. The first day of the dead period in the transfer portal. Why is that significant? Oh, boy. Because if you don't make a move on your head coach until, I don't know, the first day of the transfer portal, guys who are in the portal, they really can't take official visits anywhere. So if you, again, hypothetically, on December 17th, say, sorry, Neil, we're moving on. Kids have about 24 hours to get into the portal, eh, 48 hours to get into the portal and then figure out where they're going to go on their official visits. It's very hard to do. You can go in the portal, but you can't, you're on a dead period. You can't have that face-to-face contact, in-person contact on or off campus. So you're, you're kind of just very, very light recruiting yourself and, and very, very light recruiting of you. And you got about a month if you're a new head coach at that point to come in and say, hey, I know you're in the portal. I also know you can't go visit anywhere. Come on a Zoom with me. Um, come back to campus and just check out, you know, what what I got going on here in my office. We'll talk about some things. If you're a new coach in that who's hired in that period, let's say sometime between December 1st and December 19th, you have a chance to woo kids who have gone to the portal who can't go anywhere during that dead period. I just thought it was funny that December 19th is a date that's, you know, two and a half weeks from now. And that is when Ram Baker starts on the job. Coincidence? Maybe. Oh, sorry. Would you like to uh, read the email while I uh, put it up on the website and then we Uh, can react by the way. Yes, 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 yes. We can react in real time as we're reading this. Go ahead. You go ahead and read because I'm going to put it up on the site. Okay. I'll speak slowly here. Rob Alsop, interim athletic director. Quote, over the past several weeks, President Gee and I have discussed the future of WVU Athletics and our football program with a number of individuals and talented athletic administrators from across the country. We were also impressed with the effort of our team the last few weeks. Additionally, we have also had discussions with Coach Brown and our new director of athletics, Ren Baker, about our next steps as a department. In fact, Ren and Coach Brown have already connected relating to the future of the program. As a result of all these efforts and discussion, it is clear that Coach Brown should continue to lead our football program. With new energy that comes with new leadership, it is time to rally around Wren's leadership. As we move forward quickly to recruit more top student-athletes to our program and continue to develop the incredibly talented group of returning players who are an integral part of our Mountaineer family. I know that Ren will be focusing a lot of his time and attention on how we improve our results on the football field and across a number of our programs. I will continue to work with Ren, Neil, and the rest of our athletic programs to ensure a smooth transition to the next era for our athletics department. Let's go. All right, let's go. first, First things first, the author. Rob Alsop, not Gordon Gee, um, not the head of the Board of Governors, um, not Ren Baker. Now, I guess Ren Baker isn't the AD until the 19th, as we just said, but doesn't come from the president. It comes from the interim athletic director. Um, I can tell you that they did have conversations with other people about, hey, what do you think about our football program? Some of that is the turnkey people and the people that turnkey can put West Virginia in touch with. No idea what those conversations yielded, but obviously uh, a good review. Um, 
I, I just I just have a hard time believing that if they lost Saturday, this decision isn't different. That that's kind of become apparent to me in the last I don't know two days or so. Curious to me that there's nothing in there about what it will take and what the expectations are. If you read any of our stuff, if you listen to our rants and ramblings and insight and innuendo before a problem that I've covered for years and has frustrated past parts of the athletic department is there are no expectations really etched in cement for football. And what was maybe most curious or concerning to people from Shane Lyons appearance on the radio on Monday was they were looking at like a seven win season. They were cool with that. Now as a seven win season, the reality maybe, but in addition to that, he mentioned, you know, the glory days of the early 2000s. And this is not that time. College football is different. And West Virginia's space in college football is not occupied by the same company it once was. They're in a higher, a higher tier, of course. The Big 12 is more difficult than the Big East back when West Virginia was really humming in that conference in the middle of the 2000s. Um, undefined, though, including like Dana Holgerson's contract extensions. What was good enough? What was expected? What was underwhelming? Don't know. Never really knew. And that's kind of been a question mark, a bit of a gray area, a cloud that's hard to see through sometimes when it comes to West Virginia football. Did they have an opportunity to clear up the annual expectations of West Virginia football right now in this this three-paragraph press release? No. I don't think that's the place for that. What does it take to keep Neil? Like, what did he do well? What what really impressed everybody in the past couple of weeks? Like what's the stuff that was good enough to keep Brown around that he has to sustain? And also what were his shortcomings? Because clearly they were, if you're having this conversation through email at five o'clock on a Wednesday night, the day you hired an athletic director. Um, calls into a lot, a lot into question here, including like, what are the expectations? Like what's going to be good enough for Brown? Does he have to win four of his first six? Does he have to have a winning record in the first month of the season? Does he have to go two and one in non-conference play? I don't know. I just, I just think that like this could be very prickly in October. I would say that for sure Brown is on the clock, but he has been for a while. I don't think that's any type of a statement, but um, I just don't think it changes his, his – his, he's suddenly not off the hot seat. He goes into the season on the, on the hot seat for sure, uh, and we'll see. This is maybe not the place in the space to talk about a contract, this press release, but like I, I do wonder about that. Will the contract be amended, staff changes, anything like that? I don't think this is the spot for that conversation. Wouldn't have been surprised, however, to see something in that press release say, you know, we have decided to let these two people walk and we'll be having new blank coordinator. I don't know. We'll see um, if that happens in the future. Could that have been in this email? No. Could a new contractor amendments be in the email? I'd be shocked if it was done by now. So no. But again, maybe they were doing their homework on this ahead of time and they had this all wrapped up in a package. But to you, Chris, as I hope I've talked long enough here for you to do the editorial work on our website. Um no expectations or explanations here apart from we just think this is going in the right direction. How does this strike you as far as what's no longer an opening statement, but kind of the continued statement about athletics? It's not Rem Baker's words. It's not his opening statement, but this is the next phase, the the to be continued for football. I'm with you with a big the, – the one sticking point here is something you just brought up is that there's nothing in here. And, again, maybe this wasn't the spot to do it, but there's nothing – that says what the expectations are. Um, that has, you know, that's been the problem. And you talked about it with Dana, with with Neil Brown. And what was it? When was it that uh, Shane Lyons 
well, he didn't release the statement, but was pressed for a statement from the AP and made a statement. It was like week three, week four. In um, between games two and three. Okay. We, oh, yeah, after Kansas, but before Towson. And basically, he just said, you know, what's happening so far is not good enough, but we're going to continue to monitor it. And then what had happened continued to happen, but nothing changed except Shane Lyons got fired. And then no answers. And then again, Rob Alsop says, you know, we'll just continue to evaluate it. You know, this was after Shane Lyons got fired. And this just says, we're going to continue to evaluate it. (laughs) So we're going on several months now here of just different leaders saying the same thing, but not putting out a concrete goal for what they expect of this program. Um, Maybe we get that Monday. So maybe, you know, this is just a statement to just say, hey, Brown's here and shore up some of these things. Because I mentioned it on the pod that I released earlier today. There are players wondering about it. Actually, a lot of the players actually knew. Um, I talked about it on that podcast that basically Monday afternoon, they were informed changes are not coming. That that coaching staff is going to – or Neil Brown will be here, and there is no exact plan to change assistant coaches at that time. Um, but that recruits were wondering. Recruits were – visiting other schools. Uh, one recruit in particular had changed his enrollment date and originally planned to enroll in January, but then told me this evening that he is going to enroll in May. Um, I'll have that in a, in, in a VIP update for our members in the morning. Kind of want to see what, how this changes that before I, I throw that out there, because I mean, he, he gave me the exact quote, but maybe once he knows that Neil Brown's back, then maybe he looks back into enrolling in January. Who knows? Like it, it recruiting's fickle. We already know that this indecision uh, from the program and what's going on with the future of Neil Brown makes it even more fickle. And I just, this is just setting up with, again, hopefully Monday changes some things, but with no expectations, no concrete guidelines set, you're just setting it up for 10 more months, 12 more months of mass confusion. And, you know, people, I, just, I don't know. I, I just, it just got to be some kind of decisions making on in a clear path here. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to rank the follies and the, and the flaws in the plan so far. And I just wonder about whomever was so eager to get rid of Shane Lyons. And obviously there were people. Why'd they wait so long? Yeah. I mean, that's a big one there. And that would make me circle back to this. Like, if there were problems with Neil Brown and, and clearly there are people who are not satisfied with his performance and why wait so long, these are uneven actions and incongruous actions here. So, I mean, you're, you're doing one thing right and you think you're doing another one, right, but they're not the same. It's just, that's a hard thing to wrap your head around right now. And again, we'll grant them the, the Liberty of explanations on Monday morning. There's a news conference there, but um, it does seem like, they have some time to get some answers and I'm sure there are going to be a lot of questions asked here. And I think an, an easy one is listen, what are the expectations? Because I mean, even if, even if to your point on recruiting Chris and, and even the guy like, let me just pick on Jacoby spells once again. How's that? He's my, been my unfortunate uh, guinea pig all this season. Like he's a guy who played a little bit this year and he still has a free transfer to go, but like his coach is back and he's like, yeah, I like him. I'm going to be, I'd be happy about this. He doesn't know if his position coach or his defensive coordinator will be back. He can still make that decision. If one or both are back, you know, maybe he stays. But if his coach is gone halfway through the season next year, then 
you know, he's gone probably too. You know, there's situations that are, are parallel to him. It could be recruits. It could be true freshmen. Just anybody who's in that situation. I'm just picking on him because he's been a good sport throughout all this. Right. So even bringing, even putting an end to this right now, the portal still opens up on Monday and, and we've talked about this. It's still wise to go in there. And the fact that you said he's going to come back, the university can't say how long he's going to be back, but also they can't say how long he's going to be back because that's up to Brown and the performance of his program right now, which just frankly hasn't given you an indication that he's going to be here for a very long time. Can they make those changes? And and where does that begin, Chris? Like, and that may be a question as well for, for Baker. That may be hard to answer, but you know, how do you arm your program with what it needs? Because, you know, he inherited Seth Luttrell. They were good in their second and third seasons, won nine games in their second and third seasons. And then went through some really thin years, four wins, four wins, six wins, losing records each of those seasons. The, the heat was up on the trail. He stuck with him and they're playing for the conference championship on Friday. So it's a different sport there, but I think fundamentally it's the same. You have to do something to help your football program. They did facilities and, and things like that that help that you really can't do here at West Virginia. Do you throw money at it? Do you insist on changes? I, I don't know what you do that they haven't already tried to do here. Buy every player in the portal. That's about it. I mean, I I feel like that might be their plan here. Obviously, they, they are building around trying to uh, make Country Roads Trust bigger and better than it ever was. They The moment the Chain Lions was out, Rob Alsop was promoting Country Roads Trust. They're pushing the membership there. They're trying to gain money there. Again, and that money is too according to their statement, 100% of that, that money goes to players, 100%. Um, how they distribute that and everything, that's, that's up to them uh, and, and the players because those players are not just football players. It's basketball. It's, it's non-revenue sports. It's all around the university. But I just – we've thrown around the idea before, Mike. I think you did on podcast a while back about, hey, taking that money and using it to – pay for players like the money instead of buying them out use that money to pay for players to pay this nil to put money into the country roads trust but are you able to look these donors and i don't hate that idea by the way i have always been a jimmy's and joe's over x's and o's guy um i don't think neil brown's as bad as a coach as some people think he is I, and I'm not sure like, you know, making changes is going to end up like you same players, but get a new coach and all of a sudden they're going to win 10 games. I don't think that either. I think this is a Jimmy's and Joe's game. Um, and so if you can get all the players in the world, you can get it. But where's that money coming from? Because you can say that you got the money from donors, big donors to say, buy out the coach. But you say, hey, actually, instead of that million dollars, five million dollars, two million dollars, 500 grand, whatever everybody's given. We take your money and use it to play, pay John Smith from down in Tuscaloosa. He's going to come up here and he's going to be your star quarterback. Are big money donors going to buy into that? That Okay, I'll, I'll write you a check for a mil and you go get that quarterback who might leave in six months. Are they going to buy into that? I, I just don't think they are. You have to go with them and say, hey, we got this guy. Can you pay for him? You can't do hypotheticals. Yeah. I think it'd be very hard to do that. Um, but they got people in charge that know how to do that. Like, I, I would not underestimate Oliver Luck, Ken Kendrick, and the people they've hired and put in the spots here to do something special. Uh, that idea is weeks old, weeks old, and people laughed at it and mm-hmm. said, that's a terrible idea, Mike. It's not going to happen. I said, it's being talked about, okay? It's being talked about. 
and here we are. I just, I, boy, I, this has taken a lot of twists and turns. And like, that was an idea that I believe it was mentioned in a three things I think piece. Cause I thought it was an interesting idea. I did not think it was going to go somewhere and it appears to be, you know, behind the glass right now. And they've certainly broken the glass and are reaching for something and it could work. And it might work in the situation because you're going to need a quick fix. You are, you, you're not going to go out and turn this around with a very good recruiting class. I know people are like very high on the classes coming in. Awesome. How many of those players are going to be impact players that turn this barge around in the first season? Few, right? Um, Two or three at most. Yeah. At yeah, most. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, and you're going to have to go out and get splash players, especially on defense to disrupt the passing game, whether it's up front or in the back. And you're going to have to get playmakers at receiver. You're going to have to. Um, interesting to me that Bryce Ford Wheaton is in the draft, not the transfer portal, but also not coming back and made this decision pretty promptly. Sam James, for not to put words in his mouth, it did seem like as he went down the, the road the last time, the last week, you know, his during the week interview and his postgame interview, that was probably the end for him. We'll see. There, there have been indications spoken otherwise. That might be it. It's your top two receivers. You know, Prather, talented, sure. Work hard to keep him. He'd be smart to play the game right now. And then can they get can they get game breakers at receiver? Offensive line, this is a move that would keep everybody in the offensive line, I think. Running back room, not worried about. And we can close with this, Chris. For a very different reason, but for like the fifth straight offseason, what in the heck do they do about quarterback? They're going to have another quarterback battle in the spring, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, it. I think both of our intel and, and from various people and from various angles are indicating that, and this is something, you know, we, we kind of threw out there as like a, Hey, you know, this might happen and it might be kind of crazy of JT Daniels, Nico Marchio and Garrett Green all coming back. Now I, I haven't heard anything one way or another on Will Crowder. I'm not meaning to leave him out uh, in, in particular. I mean, he's had his moments. He was the best quarterback in the spring game last spring. There were weeks where, the coaching staff said he was the best quarterback during that week of practice. Um, so we know he's there and capable, but I just haven't heard one way or another anything on him uh, staying or going while the other three, it, it's been, hey, it, it sounds like he's staying. <laughs> like, And West Virginia might have a three-man quarterback battle in the spring again. I don't think JT can transfer. Right. I don't, I don't I don't think he can either. Not with a if Neil Brown returns, I think he has to get a waiver and it would be a more difficult waiver than it has been in the past. Can he go down a level? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you can I think you can transfer down no matter what. It'd be awesome to see him go to like West Florida and his light dudes up for you. <laughs> um but if he comes back because you you mean in some regard you might be better off giving a shot and, and getting your day in the sun of the in the Big Twelve. Green, Marchio, but that's that's not even the issue, Chris. Um, like what offense are they running? Because those are not the same offenses. They're not. And I think you would be much more likely to pull in the require, like no matter what offense they pick, they need, they have those needs at receiver and tight end. Don't man, don't forget that. I left that one out. That's a big, big need. You're much more likely to acquire the talent you need there in a, a JT Daniels offense than a Garrett Green offense. I'm not sure about Nico Marchio. He's probably bits of each and maybe a little bit more Daniels than people think, but also maybe a little bit more Green than people think. Is he going to win an offseason competition? I don't know. I certainly can't go on two for nine for 29 yards. I can't, but we'll see. I just haven't seen him enough behind the scenes or in games or practices, but they like him a lot. They say a lot of good things about him. And for a performance that wasn't spectacular, 
a much more uh, favorable review than any of Garrett Green's performances in his first and second season, right? So there's something there they like, and they were able to project in that performance. So he's in this for sure. So it's two, three people for sure. But what offense are they running? Because they're not the same offense. And you can probably do more of an air raid Graham Harrell offense with certainly Daniels and maybe Marchio than Green. Not that Green can't do it, but he's better off in something different. And the offense is better off in something different. What's common between those two offenses are the playmakers at receiver. And and what style is going to get a receiver in more? Like an RPO or an air raid? And even if it's an air raid that can run the ball, it's it's going to be hard to sell people on that. Like, wait a minute, you got a quarterback, he's running 17 times. Those can be 17 targets in the passing game, right? So that's that's going to be a tricky thing for them to manage. So here we go. Progress is always a talk, and this is kind of an unfair critique, but they're actually back at square one a little bit where, hey, we got JT Daniels, and hey, we got Garrett Green, and hey, we got Nico Marchio. Again? And is that a bad thing? I don't know, but that's certainly a, that's a Rubik's cube. They're going to have to to line up the right way there. And uh, boy, that gives us something to talk about this offseason, doesn't it? Because you know what we need to, Chris? Another soap opera. Yes, absolutely. I think we needed. I, I think we've already merged four podcasts into one right here, and could probably do another ten um, before next week's press conference. But maybe we should wait on that. But I do have two questions for you, mm-hmm. and they can both be number quick number answers how many wins does it take for neil brown to be safe after next year after next year yeah yeah how many wins does he need in 2023 he has to play in a bowl game no no, no. give me a number mike are you saying six yeah if really chris they want this to work i know but is six is safe now chris if you turn a six upside down it's a nine (laughs) I and mean, that's and how technically, wins. and technically that'll only be year one and a half. Um, yeah. I think we go back a year because there's a new athletic director. So he's back in year one. Year so. zero. Can I, can Wait. I drop this bomb now? All the God. people who, all the people, all the people who threw that year zero nonsense out are also out there now saying that Brown is 22 and 25. Not true. He's not three games under 500. He's one game under 500 because you guys didn't count year zero. You can't be in both parties. You cannot. You can only you can only go to one party. You cannot go to both. I will not have this. Okay. Can't. Wait. wait. Well, so your serious answer was six. If you turn a six upside down, it's a nine, Chris. You're not that okay. far from nine wins. Okay. Second question. What's West Virginia's salary cap this offseason? For who? Players or coaches? Players. I mean, they just saved themselves $16.7 million. Okay. So a lot, I would say, Um, and you go out and you shake the trees and it's a good thing. He's a good fundraiser because if he can stimulate CRT and the Mac, then that can take care of some issues there. Um, I've had a number of people email me. They're back and forth. Country roads trust. Mm -hmm. Um, Where does my money go? I don't want to do this anymore. What's going on. And they're pretty consistently saying like, this doesn't go to the coaches. It doesn't go to the staff. It goes to the players which makes me think that like they're behind the players on this and they really want to be aggressive about it. That's been a consistent response to like varying questions, but like consistent, like our money goes to the players, not the coaches, not the staff. We're not supporting the staff. We're not supporting the coaches. We're supporting the players on this. That's interesting to me. Uh, My question for you, Chris. Mm -hmm. Surprised? That's a big question. I understand. But like, this has been like a two month long saga for us from, People like pulling me into stairwells at football games to now. And 
we never try to get ahead of the story so much so that like what we think is going to happen is what we report because that kind of leads you to what you want to do. And, and I and this is kind of the chain lines thing. Wanting to be right can often be a mistake sometimes. So we didn't right. want to be right. We just wanted to know what was going on. But I just I'm I'm somewhat surprised that here we are, um, especially after the way they, they play late in the season and that I just think that they failed to impress with some of their victories and even the styles of those performances. I want to say not surprised because it was this whole messed up scenario was like, again, not, not that Neil Brown's coming back again, the whole back forth fire, the AD bringing the new AD, but you're keeping the coach and it's all just a jumbled mess of, of a message and everything that was there. It was why I brought up that conversation. It's why I ranted on that podcast six weeks ago. And so this exact scenario was in my mind at that time. That being said, after God, my memory's getting bad. Um, the loss that put them to three and six. Yeah. And we got on the pod right here. And I thought, that's it. You know, losing to Iowa State in the basement bowl. That's what we were calling it. It was two teams that were sitting at the bottom of the Big 12. And West Virginia looked lifeless. Their defense was fine. But it was it was a complete dud. It was a complete and utter dud. And after that game... You and I hopped on this pod and we said, who cares how it finishes? Like three and three, what does that change? You know, or get winning three in a row and getting a six and six. What does that change? What does it change? And they, they didn't even go three and zero, oh, And apparently it changed something um, because again, I think after that game, there were indications that that was it. Now, maybe those indications were that that was it for Shane Lyons, but I, I, that's, I think if you had asked me, you know, six weeks ago, yeah, this was in my radar three weeks ago, I'd be stunned that this is where we ended up. And then again, as we got closer, it was like, this is seeming more and more likely because the AD search being taking as long as it did again, didn't take long, but because they delayed the decision in the first place, it made it too late in the process. And this seemed more and more like a reality as we got closer. Not gonna lie. I thought you were animated that night. I, I like I it. I, I didn't think I was. I didn't think I was, but somebody, you know, somebody brought it up on the board and then, and then somebody chimed in, called me a smug piece of something. And the I couldn't stand to even listen to me on that pod for that take. And I was like, wow, I'm a God. What did I sound like? Um, so I don't know. Maybe that's what people think all the time. It's possible. No, no, no. but like, <laughs> Here we are so many weeks later. It doesn't like it came to fruition. I, I'm never going to agree or disagree with things like this because like, you can't you can't judge the result on the decision, you know, or the decision on the result because you don't have the results yet. Just surprised by it because all the indications are. I'm the guy who says, "Use your eyes." I watched him fire an athletic director who gave an extension to a coach that they didn't seem to like very much, um, even though they wanted to work. And now I'm like, I probably missed the obvious thing. They couldn't fire the coach. They get they fired the AD, the guy who put him in the situation where they couldn't fire him because that 16.7 million is a big big deal. Uh, we'll see what happens to the contract and all that stuff, and what happens to the assistant coaches. Those are questions that we'll have to ask and have answered on Monday. And, and to your point, Chris, what what they did and, and or did not do, but certainly the the what now is what happens in the offseason, which is, again, even if they had gone six and six, OK, to make a bowl, that didn't happen. But like what? So what? That was asked because it doesn't guarantee players are going to stay and they have not been able to navigate the offseason before. Way too much turnover, which makes you wonder about like the culture that Shane Lyons believed in so much. 
assistant coaches who leave or are not brought back or move to different positions. Like the off season is just going to have to be hit, 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 hit. And even if it is, because we thought they kind of hit a lot off season last off season, you kind of have to arch your brow to it all and be like, well, let's see how it works. And there's a lot of finger crossing right now instead of finger pointing or chest thumping or things like that. So um, I guess stay tuned. This is not ending at all. Like they'd probably put this to bed, but they have certainly opened up what is going to be a very interesting and integral off season for West Virginia. Chris. Yeah. I would, months. I was going to say, I would stay tuned because I think again, the definitive ish nature of today is going to be helpful for West Virginia, at least short term. Like it's going to help with this recruiting class. It's going to help with transfer portals ins and outs. Um, again, you know, that's, that's something we talked about even back when we were saying three and six, six and six, who cares is that the players cared for these coaches were fighting for these coaches. So them coming back, I would think would help with retention. It's what I've heard so far. Again, you're not expecting a, uh, you know, a flawless transfer portal. There are going to be guys that leave no matter what, but I think more people are staying than would have stayed if there was a coaching change, which I don't think is that crazy of a comment. Um, but I also think it's going to help with recruiting. It'll help with their staying and we'll see how it helps. The key is going to be, how is it going to help? Not with retention, because I think it will help with retention, but addition. There is the second part to that. Just re- returning what you have, you know, 10 years, 15 years ago, made you a powerhouse. Turn, returning just what you have now just puts you a step behind. Yeah. So got to go out and add. Yeah. Like a year from now, they're not going to be like, well, he's got a good recruiting class coming in, or well, that recruiting class will be good next year, or well, we got the portal. That's that's not going to be good enough. Immediacy is is urgent right now. And they gave themselves a good runway. I guess you could say that. The portal opens on Monday and they got two weeks before people can stop making visits and all that. So we'll 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 know we'll have some answers before too long. We have answers now. We won't go on too much longer. Good month, Chris. We'll try to make December more lively. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you then.